Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Ball Podcast. I am your host, Mark, and this week, uh, it's just me and Jen Fine Solo. Yeah. Jen, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Pretty good. I am obsessed with uh, creating my own cult. <laughs> That's something so, you hear every day. Yes. Uh, the shirt that I purchased a couple months ago has now come to fruition, and I... I've now built a cult where just about everybody from our streaming community is dead or has ascended. Yes. And now I can start playing the game mostly the right way because I'm just going to have like the entire grave just beat you guys. Sweet. That's exciting. How, how, is, how am I doing in the game? Am I still alive? Uh, you just died. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah, you went out on a mission to get me some lumber and came back and said, I failed and then died in front of <laughs> I took the samurais, the hero's death. <laughs> Wait, the samurai. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, okay. Mysterious. I like yeah. it. I, I wish it would have been better if, like, you die on a mission and I, like, find your dead body, like, out while dungeon crawling. <laughs> right. More than coming back and going, I failed, and then just dying. <laughs> um, so I think the only ones left, I think death might be the only one remaining. Ah. Which Isn't is funny. ironic? Yeah. Yeah, Tallulah just died. So. Oh, no. Before we went here. Um, yeah, so... Uh, why don't we get right into it? Um, obviously, you know, partially what game I'm going to be talking about. Um, Jen, what have you been playing? So two podcasts in a row, I've actually been playing a lot of different things, which is nice. which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I'll get through the usuals first. Dead by Daylight, Phasmophobia, um, still, you know, awesome games, just nothing super new to report there. Um, I believe, though, for Phasmo, we are approaching their new maps that they're coming out with. I don't know off the top of my head when that's expected to be, but I know that they're working towards that. So that'll be interesting to have um, the Asylum reworked and a lot smaller and mm. uh, then a brand new map. So looking forward to that. Um, I've been playing Ghost Exile with friends. I am not brave enough to do that one on my own because the ghost is extremely violent and aggressive and can essentially kill you as soon as you walk in the front door. So I feel like playing with friends in that case is a little bit safer. Um, but that game's a lot of fun. It's It adds the um, the exorcism element that Phasmo doesn't have. Um, well, they call it exiling, per the name. But um, the nice thing about that game is you can go in, you can figure out the ghost with all the clues like you would in Phasmo, and you could just be done. Or if you want to do the exile part, that gives you more more money and stuff but you don't have to do it which is nice so they give you that option which i appreciate and um i'm assuming you played that on stream recently yes i think i, I played it within the last week on stream okay so every so often i have you lurking while i'm doing other things and i'm trying to remember i remember you had your vhs was one night mm -hmm. and i don't know if it was this or phasma the other night but I don't I know played, how to help you anymore with that. <laughs> I've played both. I think I might have done Phasmo and then Ghost Exile in a row. And if you're just like popping in, then it might look like yeah. the same game <laughs> if you're looking at it really fast. But yeah, it, um, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I like how the two of them can coexist for me. Like I don't, I don't only want to play Phasmo and I don't only want to play Ghost Exile. Like it doesn't feel like I'm playing the same game, which is, which is cool. I appreciate that. Um, also been dabbling in Ark a little bit. Uh, I've been playing Ark a bit less than I was. Um, I'm not really sure why. I think it's just because I've been playing so many other things that I've just had less time to burn in Ark. Um, but still fun. VHS, as you mentioned, I've been playing a lot of that. Um, 
I am really having fun with it. I am ready to max level my first character. Uh, she's a teen, Faith. She's like the group cleric, essentially. She's the healer. Um, so I am collecting the last few journey points that I need to level her up and then finish out all of her extended cut movies. And then I'm going to move on to a new teen. The grind in VHS is there's a lot of grind, but it's worth it and it's really fun. So it doesn't feel like I'm grinding, which is yeah. nice. I, I um, got. I got to say, you don't really want to isolate that statement you just made. <laughs> that you're going to move true. on to a new teen. True. That is. That is absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to move on to a new character in the game. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Gloria, who is. Uh, she's kind of like the the team spirit kind of person, I, where she's the leader. I think that was the one and, I was playing, right? Yes. I. Uh. I don't remember if you were Jess or Gloria, actually. I was the I, I was the girl with like the cool jacket and all that stuff. So, uh, not the, not the goth girl. Oh yeah, then that was Gloria. Yep. Okay. So you played as Gloria. She's fun. She has um a speed perk, which is nice. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, I played. I played as um, Molly Ringwald, not Ali Sheedy. If that helps yes. For anyone else. There. <laughs> there you go. Uh, VHS right now. If anyone's interested, again, I'll say it. It's free to play on Steam and Epic. So if you're a fan of multiplayer games, if you like horror, if you like the 80s, if you just want to play a free game, just go try it. Um, they're actually doing a summer event right now. There is a massive amount of cosmetics available for purchase, either with real life money or with um, money or in-game currency that you that you gain through experience playing. Um, and there's some pretty there's some pretty fun things. There's like flip-flops, there's goggles, there's the monsters have all these funny things like um, like hair hair covers for, you know, back in the day when they used to go in the water, but they didn't want to get their hair wet. Yeah, um, it's 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 great. So just go check that out if you're interested. Um, but then aside from that, I played a little bit of Viscera, which I mentioned, I think, on the last podcast. It's kind yeah. of like Power Wash Simulator, but with blood and guts. <laughs> and it's just it's just nice and relaxing, as weird as that sounds. Um, it's. It's kind of difficult to play by yourself, especially depending on the level that you're in, because um, there's so many like smudges and little splotches of things that you might miss if you're not with friends and like splitting up the area evenly. But yeah. it's been fun. Uh, I still think that Tom should try it out, <laughs> either as a punishment <laughs> on stream or just in general. I, maybe I feel like that needs to be on the extra life wheel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be too much for him, but we'll see. Um, and then two new games, brand spanking new games that I've been playing. Ghost Watchers, which um, Asmund Gaming, who's a member of my community, as well as Game Vault Pod, he very kindly donated it to me, which was really super nice. Um, it is very similar, in my opinion, to Ghost Hunters Corp or Ghost Exorcism Inc., which is their new name. I have since stopped playing it because I just didn't have that much fun with it. Um, but this game is way better than that. So I'm enjoying it so far. It ha also has that exorcism element to it. And the okay. ghosts are extremely aggressive, like a ton of jump scares. The ghost can like pull you out of the room and just into a pitch black room in another part of the house or another part of the building that you're in. And you might drop your item and you have no idea how to get out because you can't see. And yeah. you can hear it breathing. You can hear it laughing. You can hear it growling. It's it's pretty creepy. It's very like demonic feeling, but there's still a ton of different kinds of ghosts and spirits that you can can um come across. But the thing that sets that game apart from the rest 
is that it's pretty much ghost Pokemon because you figure out the ghost. I know somewhere Tom's ears have perked up and been like, what? So you figure out the ghost, you kind of exercise it. You basically have to do a series of tasks to weaken it, I guess is the best way to put it. And then you have this like glowing metal giant ball that you throw at the ghost and you literally capture it like Ghostbuster style. And then you bring it back to your base and you put it in a cage or like a tank and then you have it forever <laughs> as your yeah. little ghost zoo, which is yeah. weird. Oh, so I can see you. Okay. I was like, does it go out on missions with you? That would be cool, but no, it just hangs out in the tank and threatens you when you walk by. It just looks at you like it wants to kill you, but it can't because it's stuck in the tank. Um, but yeah, it's very fast paced. Well, it can be. I feel like it's very fast paced. I played with people who were very experienced as well. So maybe that was part of the reason for it. But um, it's interesting. The controls took me a little bit to get used to because I'm so used to Phasmo and most other games having set controls that I kept like throwing uh. items that we're going to blow up. If you threw it at the ghost, I'd accidentally throw it instead of putting it down nicely. And I'm like, oh, I got to go buy another firebomb now because I just threw it. Um, <laughs> but other than that, it's been fun. It's, again, another game that I won't play by myself because I think I would just die instantly, which wouldn't be fun. Um, and then lastly, I've been playing Seven Days to Die, which I feel like a few people have been begging me to play. So I finally, I finally did it. Um, it's basically like... And I guess for those of you out there that may not agree with me, don't come after me for saying this if it's offensive. But I think it's like the zombie version of Fallout 4. I don't know. That's what it reminds me of so far. But it's been fun. Hmm. I've been playing with Death Comes on his stream. He has the Twitch integration set up, so I get to experience all of the punishments with him. Oh, I I had no idea Death liked that game. Yeah, yeah. He plays it on stream quite a bit. Um, (laughs) He actually has... It's not really like a private server, but he boots up the game and then um, anyone can jump in that I believe is a sub on the channel or anybody. Maybe I don't know how his rules are, but you can hang out and kind of just develop the area and kick some zombie butt and go exploring and all that fun stuff. So that's been fun. Um, I haven't been playing it a ton, but when I can, I boot it up and I play around for a little bit. We're trying to build up our base. We found like an abandoned firehouse type area. And it was partially fenced off already. So we're kind of just building up around it. And right now there's a zombie bear outside and I'm really scared. So I'm just not going to play that game for a while until someone else kills it. (laughs) Just go up and make yourself really tall. True. That's that's what I've heard, actually. Yeah. Either that or play dead. But then if it's a zombie bear, I don't know if that's still. I don't don't know if we we care. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But um, before we move on to you, I just want to I just want to share. I've recently seen some gameplay of Hooked on You, a Dead by Daylight dating simulator. I saw someone else playing it as well. I am. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to play it. I think I'm going to do it because I, it is hilarious. I, I, I saw like a couple minutes of it. Um, I had tuned into someone's stream late. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I should I should like. Keep a countdown of how many days until it's on the Roxy Foxy stream. <laughs> yeah, it's we- it was wearing away at me because so many people that I follow were playing it. And then I caught, like you just said, I caught the end of someone else's stream today after work. And just the dialogue between the narrator and you as yeah. the character that, you know, obviously is trying to get with one of the killers. And then the four main killers. And then another killer makes like a cameo appearance, which is hilarious. It's just, it's really funny. Um, yeah. So I think I'm going to do it just because I feel like it would be fun, not only for me, but for chat to watch and help answer questions and stuff like that. So, 
yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me, though. Lots of stuff. Yeah. So uh, for me, um, I'll get to my big game at the end, which um, also ties into everyone you know playing it. Um, the reason why I ended up picking up, but um, uh, yeah. So connecting everything in my life that always goes back to video games. I have started playing um, FIFA 22 again, only because I watched a documentary on. Uh, the last season for my favorite English league soccer team, Arsenal, um, on Amazon Prime. And I was like, oh, I'm going to play FIFA again. Uh, <laughs> Kindled it for you. Yeah, I was like, uh, guess I'll play it. So I've been playing a little bit of that. Um, and then sports-wise, you know, college football is coming up. So I've been back on my bullshit with the PS3 emulator, um, mm-hmm. playing through NCAA 14. And uh, so, you know, that stuff is just when I just want to waste a couple hours. But the um, three main things I've been playing, um, I've been playing, I forget the exact name of it. I should have looked it up. I've just been calling it Rocket League Golf. Um, it's essentially Rocket League, like your RC-powered car hitting a ball, but it's mm-hmm. it's golf. You have to be the first one to get it into the hole at the end of the course. Um, and it's online. Um, you know, I finished second a couple times. I haven't won yet. Nice. Um, but um, I was obsessed with that for most of a weekend um, <laughs> just doing that. Um, then it got a little boring because, you know, it's, I think it's so like early access or game preview or whatever Xbox calls it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, there wasn't much variety and, you know, there were some bugs and some people probably hacked, you know, that it jumped into my game that were wow. way too good. Fall guy um, style, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's fun. I'm probably going to keep playing it. I don't know if I'll get as into it as Rocket League. Um, only because I played that thing hot and heavy, Rocket League. And then I hit a wall of skill mm, and yeah. just couldn't win anymore. Right. <laughs> that always sucks. <laughs> yeah. just like It's like fighting games. I might get yeah. through like the first level of online fighters. And then as yeah. soon as I click up to the next rank, it's like, oh, I'm not even winning one round. <sighs> it's always It's always like... You get good enough. You get to that level where you're like, hey, this is I'm doing great. And then it just is like, bam. <laughs> oh, OK, I can't continue. <laughs> I'm yeah, done. I was like, oh, I have to learn the buttons a lot better than I know them. <laughs> right. Uh, I actually have so, to play this game all the time now. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Nope. So, um, yeah, so I hit the wall there um, on Rocket League and only really played it with my nieces since. Um, oh, speaking of that, I meant to mention with your ghost thing. Um, she's played a Roblox ghost hunting game. Um, oh. with her friends so she's like baby's first ghost hunting game yeah oh yeah she really wants to play phasma with you but but i think it's uh she's a little too young still mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i get it that game um, scares me still so yeah so but but she's she's well on her way to being um that kid and a funny thing since i i share a lot about her on here um she my sister recently sent me a photo of her and her friends out for her birthday playing miniature golf Mm-hmm. And I looked at the kids and I was like, yep, those are exactly the types of kids I expected her friends to be. <laughs> they're they're like all wearing like they had some like like anime T-shirts yep. and, you know, like completely opposite of her sister, who was like, you know, that mean girls plastics top of the food chain in, <laughs> in grade school uh-huh. um, type of girls. Um, this is that's the complete funny. opposite. And I'm like, that's exactly who she should be with. And it was pretty funny. But um, so I am happy watching. Hopefully, when she gets a little older, I can get her into RPGs uh, since I don't think she likes to do a lot of reading right now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, 
So three main games I've been playing. Um, I'm halfway through one of the last chapters of Live Alive, still playing that. Um, was hoping to get it done before this podcast, but then I got obsessed with the game that I'll mention at the end. Uh, we still got most of my free time. Um, and the other game I stream on Sundays um, uh, as Dusk Falls, um, which is one of those like telltale until dawn like choice games mm-hmm. um, where you make decisions and there's probably more close to like Detroit Become Human and Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain where there's like you can see like a path that right. you took and you can go back and fill in the rest of it uh, by replaying the chapter. Um, so bad decision Sundays on <laughs> Um, Sunday mornings, um, I with that game you can't like just pick a bad outcome. Like sometimes they're too like uh, in the middle, or something I think was bad ends up being the right choice uh, um, okay. for the scene, and it's, you can't really tell. So I've just started picking all the choices that would um, piss everyone off that I'm in the scene with. Um, and so yeah. far, no one has died. Uh, well, I think there's a scripted death. Um, in it um and then there's one where by succeeding through the uh quick time events i i had a death or maybe he got knocked out or something um i i i don't know yet i just finished book one which is the first three chapters and yeah just uh playing through that on sunday so join us uh next week um when we're probably playing a brand new game so this will mean absolutely nothing to you since i'm probably going to play through the the next three chapters the tape for this <laughs> podcast airs, but I will be doing it every Sunday with some kind of game like that. So, um, and last but not least, um, I became obsessed with Cult of the Lamb uh, because I had seen like Jen probably looks a new time any kind of ghost or Dead by Daylight type game comes out and it plastered all over her Twitch. Well, every single person that I follow that isn't in the Roxy Foxy community. Um, was playing Cult of the Lamb. And I was like, well, this must be something here. So um, went in and it immediately clicked because it had the uh, Hades-like roguelike dungeons um, where you can go in. You can go in um, through them over and over again if you want. Um, The only place where it differs is there's there's like a story. So there's like set bosses that you beat in different biomes. Um, so it's not like you just go and try and fight Hades every time. Yep. Um, but it still has that thing where you you can go back into a biome where you beat the boss and then just go as long as you can in there and they just get harder and harder and harder. Um, and that has been fun. I'm just about to finish up killing the second boss. Um, and I've been playing it a long time. I'm one day, like 38 of the cult. Uh, So your cult's going well. It's going well so far. (laughs) Everyone's settling um, in except for all of us that have died. Yeah, because I you're supposed to like sacrifice um your cult members mm-hmm. uh to um to get yourself more powerful or other things um mm-hmm. to, to help build the community. Um but I didn't want to do that to you guys. So oh, um Oh, so thing- that's what you meant by playing it yeah. as intended. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Afterwards I'll be playing it as intended. Um, the only thing I did was I used you as a sacrifice because you were the oldest one, um, but then I resurrected you. Oh, okay. Um, so you made up for it in the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I used Jonathan as my ascending person and I ascend it. Um, but everyone else um, has uh, almost passed. I think death is the only one still alive, which is kind of ironic. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, game is absolutely fun. It's got a little bit of Stardew Valley, you know, Animal yes. Crossing esque to it. I showed it off yep. before our uh, streams this week to you, Jen. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's getting more and more fun. I have my second farm up and running. Nice. Um, I got like I got fifteen cultists now. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, it's a game that'll take you as long or as little as you want it to, because you oh. can just like not really worry about the cultists too much mm-hmm. and just keep running the dungeons and get to the end um, pretty quickly. Um, but if you want to make it easier on yourself through the dungeons, you would want to build stuff up and level yourself up um, okay. through the thing. So it's a little bit of balance of both. Interesting. Um, yeah. They have fishing, of course. Oh, nice. Um, there's this uh, dice game, which is complete luck, um, but does have a little bit of strategy to it. And um, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Highly, highly recommend it. Um, so yeah, that's all I've been playing. Um, Jen, while mm-hmm. I deal with Game Ball Cat, um, <laughs> can you uh, start the news? Absolutely. So first off, Embracer Group is at it again. They made news this past week by announcing a few more acquisitions that they've come into. So they have acquired Limited Run Games, Tripwire Interactive, and uh, the sole IP rights to J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit which is huge news. Um, So on the Lord of the Rings front, this means they now own the rights to all of the movies, merchandise, games, characters, etc. They have purchased the full rights, and that also includes the new Amazon show that's coming out on September 2nd. So that's a huge, that's a huge deal. Um, And taking a step back, if you haven't heard of them before, Embracer is a very big publishing group. That we've actually talked about a few podcasts ago, maybe maybe yeah. more than a few at this point. But they had um, last acquired Tomb Raider, Dusex, Thief, and a ton of other games. Um, and they currently operate more than 100 studios, including Borderlands developer Gearbox, Saber Interactive, THQ Nordic, and uh, Dark Horse as well. Which I didn't know until the last time we talked about them. Yeah, um, they're, they're they, massive. They, they grew very quickly right around the yeah. pandemic. Yep. Um, scooping up studios. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if they're just going to have the rights so that no one else can make it or if they'll actually try to make a new Deus Ex game. Um, but I don't know. This is all just crazy. You you worry about, yeah. like, people worry about Microsoft buying everything. And then Embracer is not only buying um, everything in the, that they can, small-wise, in the video game community. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also going to movies, TV, and comics. So. Right, they're just branching out everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, um, so not sure yeah. it's a good or bad thing yet. Right. Because they haven't really purchased anything outside. Well, I guess Lord of the Rings is huge, but... Yeah, Lord meaning, of the Rings surprised me, honestly. But it's still just the rights to... The, it's not like they bought the studio that made the movies. Like, that That would seem like a big deal. Like, they bought, like, what is it, Fox or whoever made it? Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that would be sure. like a, oh, shit. <laughs> You're right. This is just Tol- Tolkien's family um, just going, all right, well, I guess our rights are up over here. Um, let's see who wants to pay like, the fee for it, right. you know? Yep. And, yeah, yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting um, to see how they integrate all of it because you're not getting the Lord of the Rings license and, and rights if you're not going to 
do multimedia stuff. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think with the new Amazon show, I think I've heard very good things about it so far. So hopefully I will see some interesting things coming out, some new Lord of the Rings type stuff. Um, yeah. The crazy thing that you mentioned how they're like scooping everything up really quick. All of their acquisitions have totaled $577 million just in upfront costs for them. Um, and rumor has it they're also considering picking up another acquisition. All they've said was that it's in the PC console gaming industry, but they don't want to share what it is because they're not quite sure if they're going to go for it. But they did say this would either be their third or fourth largest purchase ever. So yeah, they have their eyes on somebody. Which big. probably makes everybody think Square immediately. Right. Yeah. So I think we're going to keep hearing from Embracer in many oh, different yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah, so the, only guess... way we, the only way we won't is if it turns out to be a pyramid scheme. Right. You know, that's yeah. right now they're buying stable products mm -hmm. um, that can make the money for a long time. As long as nobody's embezzling a ton of funds. Um, you know, because there's probably some light embezzlement. Um, embezzlement light. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit. Um, but as long as it's nothing that can bankrupt them, they should be one of the, like, three or four big names in, in media, yeah. like all media um, going forward. Yep, they're cleaning up. So, yeah, more to come on them, I'm sure. Um, moving on, we finally find out the truth on the Xbox One because Microsoft has admitted the very obvious fact that the PS4 outsold the Xbox One by a lot. Yeah. And this is something obviously everyone has speculated about, but this is literally the first time that Microsoft has straight up admitted it. Um, so a little backstory. Back in 2016, Microsoft had stopped reporting on their Xbox One sales, but they still were focusing on their Xbox Live numbers, which meant they never officially reported the total console sales. Yeah. Um, and while they still haven't given anyone a solid number, they did finally come out and say, yeah, the PS4 more than doubled what the Xbox One sold. So since Sony no longer reports on PS4 console sales, we can do a little guesswork. Um, and I believe as of this past March, PS4 finalized their numbers. So they said they sold 117.2 million units within, you know, since it came out to the time that they put a stop on counting. Um, so that would put the Xbox One console sales around about 58.6 million units sold, give or take. Um, so that is a very big difference. Yeah. And um, I mean, they're still not doing great. I mean, Microsoft recorded a quarterly hardware revenue decline for Xbox, but their CEO is saying, I believe, quote, that they're the market leader in North America for the past three quarters in a row among next gen consoles. So she's saying that they're doing great compared to PS5, basically, but we still don't have official figures on, you know, the Xbox currently to see how it's doing. So I guess we'll wait and see how it does. But uh, I thought that was very interesting that they finally admitted something that everyone has known. Well, yeah, it's and then their main problem with one and Series X um, is that their consoles don't sell very well in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, so Sony and Nintendo get like a, a nice little boost from the Japanese okay. market, not enough to make that difference between PS4 and Xbox One. That's that's because uh, Don Matrick completely fucked up um, when they introduced the Xbox One um, and was saying that it needed to be always online. So mm -hmm. that, even though it does not, that's what everybody remembers, so some people didn't go buy it. Right. Even though they removed that feature six weeks after it was announced, uh, before the console even came out. 
Yeah, it's hard um, to take things out of people's heads sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was listening to some other gaming podcast, um, and they said they were at E3 in like 2017, and like the cab driver, you know, they try to make small talk with you, mm-hmm. um, and asked them, you know, what are you doing? He was like, oh yeah. Um, so I, I I got that PlayStation because that I that Xbox One required me uh, to register all my games with them. <laughs> before playing and this was four years after the console came out yeah that's crazy that, that someone made a purchasing decision based off of that one press conference okay. um so yeah i'm not surprised you know by the numbers i think we all knew the numbers um yeah. roughly but yeah uh just gotta hope what microsoft or phil spencer xbox is kind of hoping is that game pass game pass pc you know all that stuff will make up or any revenue loss by not being able to sell a lot of consoles in the Asian market. Um, because, you know, it's, it's a handicap, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, it's, I'm just waiting to see if these consoles ever get to that, you know, level of sales, even though PlayStation keeps saying they're selling more than they ever sold PS4s, mm-hmm. which sounds ridiculous to me um, <laughs> with all the shortages they've had. Right. Uh, but I think the most surprising thing, not to uh, turn this fun story into just a, you know, uh, reporting on the uh, uh, sales of the generation afterwards, but um, yeah, Switch keeps selling more consoles every quarter yeah. than they did the quarter before. And it's just like, do they have any incentive to go make a new one? Right. You know, at this point, no matter how much every game is pushing that system um consoles are weird um in that respect but yeah i i love these numbers um when they come out um yeah it's very interesting it, it just goes to show you that the xbox one was a failure at the number you mentioned um and that was still multitudes better than the wii u which only sold about 12 million copies that's cr- yeah that's crazy to compare it <laughs> like that <laughs> so and virtual boy which didn't even make a million so mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, failure, 60 million or whatever you said. Yep. Um, and it's probably in the top 10 all time for college. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. That is, that's a very interesting, um, it's a very interesting thing to learn about console sales, comparing them like that. Yeah. All right. So I guess moving on to more number talk, sort of. Yeah. Uh, Netflix has reported that less than 1% of their current subscribers use their video game streaming service daily. So they're struggling. And to put it in perspective, Netflix's games average about 1.7 million users a day compared to 221 million global subscribers that use their app a day. So that's a huge difference. When Netflix first launched its mobile gaming collection, we talked about it back, I believe it was last November, Um, and they only had five games that they started with, but they've since expanded to over two dozen games. Um, So they have a game based on the Exploding Exploding Kittens card game. There's like a League of Legends spinoff game, um, and there's a strategy game called Into the Breach, which is pretty popular. Yeah, that's the best game they have. That game is amazing. Um, Netflix also recently shared that they're planning on a game based off of the Queen's Gambit, which was one of their original series. So, oh, so chess. chess based game. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. no so, you know, made, no one's ever made a chess game before. Right. I mean, this is, this is really breaching into new territories here. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, 
I wonder if the I'm assuming what they mean is that they're going to have like the characters from the show. Like you can be one of the chess masters when you play or something like that. Well, I mean, probably. Yeah, they're probably going to be doing something like that. That's the only way you you brand a chess game as a Queen's Gambit spinoff. Yep. Maybe it's the Queen's Gambit, a, a dating simulator, a chess dating simulator. I mean, if you tell me I can date Anya Taylor-Joy, and then I am <laughs> see, <holy> see? <laughs> Nothing is off the table at this point after Dead by Daylight came out with the dating sim. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, by the end of 2022, Netflix is actually planning on reaching 50 titles offered in their streaming service. So they're making money moves over there. Um, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Honestly, and that's just my opinion. This past April, everyone found out that Netflix started losing subscribers for the first time in over 10 years. And since April, basically between May and the end of June, they went down by 1.3 million subs globally. So they're definitely downtrending. And I kind of doubt that the gaming collection is going to help reverse some of these lost subscriptions unless they managed to acquire some major gaming titles, which I don't think is going to happen. I think yeah, it's just and, a nice perk. It's not something influential. Yeah, and I guarantee you none of, I would say the percentage that are not checking out the gaming stuff, most of them don't even know it exists. Yeah, That's I honestly forgot it existed for a while. Yeah, it's like it's like um, Stadia and Luna and, you know, the, you know, the Amazon and Google stuff for mm-hmm. people that out there that don't remember um those things either are still around or came and gone or um i don't know what the hell is going on um yeah yeah the trying to trying to break into the video game market same way you do movies is is slightly impossible um (laughs) because doing streaming only for games and not like i don't know if it offers you the ability to download I could be completely off base with this. But if it's all streaming, then you have to account for lag, you know, people yeah. in places where internet isn't strong. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough. You know, that's why that's why things like Game Pass and, um, you know, even PS Plus and stuff, where it basically gives you a Netflix-esque thing, is that you can download most of the type. Right. Um, and don't have to worry about internet connection for right. it. Yeah. So if they can figure out a way to fix that um they can compete but they'll never be um you know getting the numbers they think they're going to get like at worst it'll be at best they can hope between five to ten percent of their base right yeah i doubt they're going to get any more than that because real gamers uh, i hate using the word real game but those people know where to go to get the games they want like it's not like they're just on the netflix app and going oh this game looks cool, you know, like they're not people that are there on Netflix are not there for that. And people that would want to play games are not going to Netflix to look for that. So it'll it'll either take marketing or they would just need a viral hit. Right. Just to get it yeah. to work. Well, once they roll out the dating sim for Queen's Gambit, yeah. it's game on. I mean, yeah, I'll evangelize it. <laughs> yeah, you will soul, take sole leadership in the marketing yep. strategy to spread the word. Yeah, there's, as I said on, on our sister podcast, they called us a movie. Uh, there's very rare people that I just want to watch and has nothing to do with anything attractive or anything. Uh, you know, it's like I Taylor Jory's one, Sam Rockwell's the other. And it's just like, 
you you could have them just sitting there doing some boring commercial or playing actual chess. And I'm just like, oh my God. You're captivated. Captivated. Yeah. So if they put her in a dating sim, then yes. In. <laughs> All in. You hear that, Netflix? Do it. All right. Um, I'm going to end our new segment on a little bit of a downer. Uh, Xbox has announced they are removing 10 games from their Game Pass library, including someone's favorite game of, was it 2020 or 2021? Because time doesn't exist post-pandemic. Uh, it depends on the game. Uh, Hades. Oh, oh, that would be, that was 2020? I think it was 2020 also. Yeah, because we were, whenever, whenever the year we did Extra Life in your house, it was that It was year. 2020, yeah. Yeah. So, Hades, sadly, is one of them. Um, I'm going to read through the full list in a moment, but I'm very surprised that they're removing Hades. Even though I never played it, I remember how much that game blew up, where Game Pass was just constantly using that game as a selling point to bring in new subscribers for a really long time. Um, but aside from Hades, they're getting rid of Elite Dangerous, Mist, which I'm really sad about, NBA 2K22, Signs of the Sojourner, uh, Spirit Fairer, 12 Minutes, Two Point Hospital. Oh, thank God. What? 12 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Two Point Hospital, What Remains of Edith Finch, and World War Z. So you'll have until August 31st to play these, or you'll have to purchase them if you want to play them elsewhere. So. Yeah, too bad that I don't. That It's not that I have purchased Hades in three different locations. True. So you're good. I'm you're good. good. Yeah. <laughs> but for those of you out there like me who are like, I'll get around to it. I have Game Pass. Time's ticking now. So maybe yeah, I'll yeah. maybe I'll give it a go. So yeah, that was our news for this podcast. Yeah. So very very interesting stuff. I like when we can mm -hmm. talk about. Yeah, we can we can talk about some wider things um, within the news. Um, but yes, going back to the last point before we move on with Game Pass, if you have a game you want to play on Game Pass, play it because there's no guarantee if it's not Microsoft first party that it'll be on there forever. Yeah, definitely. So. It seems like yeah. it might be, but it's not going to be. Yeah. Or at so least not guaranteed. Go ahead and do that. Yep. Um, I wonder if they're going to keep it on PC Game Pass. Uh, that, I don't know if that matches. Um, but anyway, <laughs> moving forward, uh, our topic this week um, was one suggested by uh, world-famous streamer The Bat Dan. Um, <laughs> and it was something that I feel like uh, we bring up a lot on streams and in podcasts, but never really like spoke about specifics on it um mm -hmm. what we're talking about is our pet peeves in video games the things that just annoy us um and also would be the things that would make us stop playing a game just because right. it's in there um so i'll let you start jen and uh, we'll just go around um one at a time just. okay um i have my like there's no real particular order, but the last one I'm going to mention is like my biggest one. I'll yeah. say that. All right. So my first one, not being able to skip cutscenes or excessive dialogue, especially when it's not my first playthrough through a game. Yes. Um, that irritates me to no end. And I guess related to that also when a cutscene also does it make sure you actually want to skip it in case you clicked a button by accident. And even if it's just a brief, like, it'll pause, but it'll say skip or, like, skip cutscene or whatever, move on. Just a prompt for you to confirm. Even if it's just one time in the whole rest of the game, it just listens to your clicks. Just 
to double check because I've played games where I've accidentally clicked a button twice or hit the controller or the keyboard or whatever and fed through something. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I just missed important information. I don't know yeah. if I can ever watch this again. I don't know if I want to go back and watch this all again. So it's nice to have a check, but also the ability to skip if you want to. And also just in general, excessively long cutscenes where you might as well be watching a short movie instead of playing a game. Kojima, I'm looking at you. Just knock it off. It's ridiculous and pretentious, in my opinion. So that was my first one. Well, I mean, I believe there's also, not to just uh, rag on Kojima, I think there is a 40-minute cutscene in Xenoverse Chronicles as well. Oh, yeah, there um, is. I'm also, <laughs> I can also call out Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah. Final, Final Fantasy isn't that bad in terms of 40-minute or more, you know, Yeah, they just scenes, hit but, up to 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> most infamous one of that is, the, is one of the ones in Final Fantasy X. Um, which is a, a long cut scene right before a boss fight. And if you lose the boss fight, you have to watch the cut scene mm-hmm. in full, which is about 10 to 15 minutes um, over and over. So it's fun watching people speed run the PS2 version because they can't skip it in that. Um, on all the updated versions, you can. Um, so it's always fun. Like they'll always go, all right, I'm going to go get a drink. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Maybe like, that's a welcome thing in a speed run when yeah. you're so tense and you're like, and oh, now I get to take a quick break and it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the one time where we can't make up any time here. Um, and they've even they've even gotten to some of the games to figure out how to mod it, take out cutscenes. <laughs> so yeah, that is a big pet peeve for everyone. Um, yep. There's even the opening cutscene of, of Final Fantasy VIII you can't skip. So all speedrunners are like, I'm just gonna hit start and we'll just chat. <laughs> For like three minutes, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, that that is especially tough in RPGs. I mean, yeah. I can in an action game like a Tomb Raider or an Uncharted, I can deal with a longer unskippable cutscene because um, you know it's most likely I'm not going to die in the next thing. Or it's usually like in Metal Gear, it's usually the end of a chapter, um, so you know it'll auto save after the movie, so mm-hmm. you won't have to go back and watch it. Uh, we're specifically talking about Metal Gear Solid 4, which is notorious for having, I think, two 45-minute cutscenes in it. The mission briefings at the beginning of chapters 2 and 4, I believe. Um, I think you can skip them, I think. But they are really long um, cutscenes that, if you're playing through for the first time, um, are just, okay, I guess we'll get some popcorn. Or, I guess we're doing this. I gotta pay attention. I can't just leave, you know, like, um, because he's going to stick some story shit in here that is going to be very important 20 hours later. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, and in that in that realm, the same thing with unskippable stuff is um, some of the stuff in Persona games that just make them longer. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're saying, excessive dialogue. Yeah. Um, like just going to, okay, I get it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. The reason those games are sometimes close to 100 hours. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so mine um, is one that hopefully I can quantify here what I mean. Um, but I, uh, one of my biggest pet peeves in games that makes me stop playing some games um, is when I fail or die and have no idea why. Hmm. Like, uh, did I do? Did I miss something? Did I? Am I doing this wrong? Like they give you no notification of any of that. And you just finally, eventually, luckily beat it. Um, 
that happens a lot in some action games. And in some action games, you just die unfairly. Um, like all of a sudden, they get like the the like the aim of a world class sniper um, out of nowhere. Um, right. uh, so I really I really dislike games that um, don't make you feel like you learn anything by dying. It just seems like an impediment more than a like a like a, a skill check or anything like that. Um, you know, they've gotten a lot better recently. This is more of a PS2, PS3 problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the ones that do it the best um, in terms of giving you that feedback, which is why I never really beat them, but um, I get pretty far in them, is are the FromSoft Dark Souls, you know, Elden Ring. Like, okay. you die and you're like, ah, oh, f- yep. I know I should have dodged there and when he shoots, okay, I got, okay. Yeah. We're in next time. Hades is like that. Um, you sort of know why you, you, you died. Um, but yeah, if there's a game where I'm repeating things over and over and over again, and then when I finally beat them, there's no like celebration or anything. It's finally like a, ah, okay. I guess, I guess that's over. Um, don't know if I can repeat that. Glad I don't have to. Um, but yeah, you all, all all I want from interactive action games um is just feedback. Um because nothing's more frustrating than, you know, not knowing if it's because you need to lower the level or, you know, just gives you no information. So right. I don't know if you ran into games like that. Um not so much. Um, but I definitely see where you're coming from because if you're spending, I'm just imagining like spending so much time trying to beat something and failing and not even like you said, being able to learn what you did wrong so you can do it differently and just hoping that the next time you just do whatever it is the correct way. It almost feels like a little bit of like a a time waster in a way, you know? So that is, it's not even like, it's not a pattern recognition thing or right. Nothing. It's like the boss is random, um, so that sucks. Um, and then you know, I don't, I don't even know why that move hurts me more than that move. You know, um, yeah, it's just it's just design more than anything. And I will immediately stop playing a game if it gets me that frustrated. So that's that's one of my bigger pet peeves. Okay. So my next pet peeve is a silly one, but I think it's probably something that branches into a lot of different games. I always find it annoying when you can't go around obstacles that your character can very clearly jump or climb over (laughs) or like you're in a cage and the bars are so wide that you obviously could walk straight through them. (laughs) And I mean, also, I guess we could say when you're trying to like climb over cliffs to make a shortcut and it looks like you totally can, but then you just slam into an invisible wall. So you have to take the long way around and waste like 20 minutes of real life time trying to get yeah. to where you're going. Um, we call we call that skyrimming, by the way. Yeah. Walking over mountains. But uh yeah, I just it's just it's not super annoying. It's definitely one of not one of my biggest pet peeves, but it's just something that I notice all the time. Like, oh come on, I totally could have just climbed over that fence. Yeah. Or or I could have just, you know, opened that rope that's tied around the the gate instead of going around and having to deal with all those zombies or what have you. But um yeah, that that's always something that I notice that I pick out that annoys me. Yeah, yeah, and this is where after just praising those games, where I have issues with the FromSoft games, is there's clearly like a shin high wall that my <laughs> character should be able to climb, yeah. but because there's no jump button, 
Apparently, oh. he doesn't know how to climb. That's um, <laughs> uh, like, um, I think there is like sort of a jump button in some, but it's like, you know, it's like so convoluted. You should be able to just like, there's a specific one in Dark Souls 2 when you're up on a church roof and the wall, you can, you go down into a pit and there's a ladder to get out, but there's very clearly like a thigh high wall mm-hmm. to your right. That would also get you back to the same position quicker. But they want you to go up the ladder and go through the le- level that way. Right. Um, it's just like, just put some spikes there. I mean. Yeah, make it look a little bit more dangerous. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Miyamoto <laughs> learned this years ago. Like, if you won't want to, you know, the player to go somewhere, just put some spikes. Yep. And they'll be like, can't go there. Don't even want to try. <laughs> it looks like I should be able to climb. But if I climb, I'm going to hit that spike. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. It 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 happens sometimes in Assassin's Creed games, um, which frustrates me with all the parkouring. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, true. That's even worse in those kinds of games. Yeah, it looks like like they don't want you to go that way. Like the invisible wall, more than you know anything. It's like no, no. You, for the story purpose, you have to go this way. So mm-hmm. even though you can go over that wall and get in another way, yeah. Um, but that stuff is great for when speedrunners learn how to break it um, and, and like sequence break things uh, by getting through those invisible walls. Mm-hmm. That is so. always very rewarding, finding the little glitch. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I did it. I win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating when um, I guess it can lean um, into to my next one. Um, I just, I, I, my next pet peeve is I, really dislike games that uh, insult your intelligence um, where they dumb it down too much um, uh, or they or they had things in the game that have no no things with difficulty like you could put it on hard and it would still be doing this stuff um, I think the most egregious one which they actually patched out a little bit after complaints um, was in um, you know Horizon Forbidden West mm-hmm. where she would just point out everything Mm. voice wise be like oh i wonder if i can climb up that wall that's or, too much oh, hand holding oh this looks like a good vantage point oh i wonder what that rope does you know but she says <laughs> it in like more natural yeah you know but it's like everything was like hey man let me look around right i could, I could figure this out right i yeah, am an like, adult it's, <laughs> it's like the game is backseating you which is weird to yeah. think about yeah and they they actually patched that out um to make it less yeah um weird. But or even I, I think the solution to that um, for that particular problem is if you're in the same area for like a set amount of time, say three minutes, maybe more, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they start giving you the verbal hints. Right. You know, I don't need a like arrow or something like, hey, dumbass, <laughs> you see this thing here? Right. Just a gentle nudge. But yeah, yeah games that in general with that, um, you know, games that have way too deep at tutorials um, Mm -hmm. in the beginning. And I'm not talking about like, like they get into every like basics of playing video games. Um, And I know sometimes maybe it's a bad pet peeve on my end because it's always going to be somebody's first video game. So they may need to learn, you know, certain things. Um, But I laugh every time it's like, like move with the left stick, you know, and it's just like, yeah, I know. I especially like this in like serialized games, like especially sports games, 
where they just repeat the things that have been in sports games for 20 years mm, yeah. over and over. But you got to remember, you know, but it's still, it still gets in my crawl a little bit. Like, is there a way, can I just skip this? Like, I know how to do this. Right. Um, Even if there was a way to like turn off a feature that is more of like a ho- hand-holding type thing. Yeah, and, it, and it's always usually all or nothing, which is part of this that also frustrates me. Right. That is um, weird. It's either turn off all the tutorials. Right. Or some games have, you know, say, you know, do you just want to learn the advanced tutorials? You know, they're good about that. But the, um, you know, it's just, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't, like, handhold me too much. Um, you know, if you're going to do it, make it quick. Don't make it like, um, and if you're going to tutorialize me, just tell me all the new stuff. Like, the things specific to your game. Right. And be very thorough with those. Cult yeah. of the Lamb kind of does that well. Um, and some of the time, when you first play um, Civilization, you can get some of that with all the new games. But, yeah, I just, if a, game, if a game's treating me like it's rated M and they're treating me as though I'd be like an eight-year-old playing this game. Yeah, that's a, a, the industry knows who's playing these games. <laughs> right. And B, it's just like, dude, read your audience. Um, you know, it's just... Yeah, I just, if a game takes too long to get going, unless you suck me in with a story um, or something early on, um, I immediately bounce off because um, I don't like being handheld um, just for the sake of being handheld. Uh, Yeah, and it ruins the immersion, especially in a game like Forbidden West. You want to, like you said, I want to look around, I want to explore, I want to enjoy. And if you have Aloy going, ahem. Go use the ladder, please. I'm getting bored. Yeah. Like it's just come yeah. on, let me let me do it my way. Yeah. And it's yeah, that was the most egregious one this year. And I think maybe yeah. that's why it's stuck in my head because that was I beat that so recently. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, yeah, it's just like it, just know that, you know, these games, some designers don't realize that these games and it's very few and far between nowadays, because I think the industry knows. Um don't realize that more than just kids play these games. Right. So what what else you got? My next one would be, I'm going to say mainly directed at mobile games. And for our newer listeners, I used to be the queen of mobile gaming, apparently. (laughs) But I have since backed off. Maybe this is why. I can't stand the false advertising in game trailers and ads. And again, mainly mobile games do this. Oh, yeah. Um, There's nothing I hate more. Well, there's a few things maybe, but I hate downloading a game because it looks awesome only to find out that it's nothing like it was advertised or you have to pay a ton of real life money to get the features that were advertised without you constantly being drowned in ads or being locked out after a few minutes of gameplay because you expired your, your daily time to play or your, you know, your uses of the, of the day. Uh, unless of course you buy more time. So yeah. it just it irritates me. And then sometimes I'll see games being advertised where, you know, you see a little clip of gameplay and you're like, oh, that looks awesome. And then you go to the reviews before you download it. And it's like this game stole the trailer from this other game or this game is nothing like they you know advertise yeah. in their trailer. And it has like two stars. And it's just uh, it's really yeah. disappointing. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen an ad and looked at the reviews and been like, nope. But let me see if there is another game that exists the way that they're showing the ad because they know people want to click on the ad because of what they're seeing. Exactly. So then I go and find a game that's actually 
like what they were advertising, but that it makes me so annoyed seeing these ads. And it's always like the same kind of game too. I feel like it's either one of the, um, I can't think of the word, but like the battle or army type games where you're, you're like the clash of clans of the mobile games where they, they try to act like they're so unique, but they're all cookie cutter. They're all the same. Um, or it's like little hairstyling games or fashion games and like threaded in with some bingo or something else. And again, they're just all the same with a ton of ads and they're nothing like they look like in their advertisements. So that just really irritates me. Yeah. Two things with that. One, there are some really good YouTube videos of this one game. I forget what it is. And the string of commercials that literally tells a story um, that has nothing to do with the game um, itself. Um, So go on YouTube. It's something, it's some kind of like match three game where you got to match things to get there. But there's this whole story about a grandma that might have killed someone, Um, (laughs) but maybe not. Um, We'll never know because it's not a game. (laughs) The guy might still be alive. Um, uh, Giant Bomb does a does a pretty good very online show on exactly what you're talking about. You might want to check it out, Jen. Sorry, yeah. Um, and yeah, and the the second thing is I hate it when it's just a simple game. Like I am very it's glad you brought this to a very recent situation with this. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, on Instagram um with the fucking new algorithm where none of my friends' photos show up for the most part. Yeah. Um and it's mostly videos and ads. Um they showed, like, uh, it was an ad for Sudoku. But what they were showing was a pretty cool thing where it was, like, a grid laid out, like, a crossword puzzle. Mm-hmm. But you had to fill in the blanks. Like, they would have letters and, like, uh, symbols, like, plus, minus, multiply, divide, and equals. And then you would have to sort of, like, fill in the blanks um, on that, like, okay, if I get, you know... 20 plus 10 equals 30. Well, now I can see that I have 15 plus blank equals 10, you know, or minus blank equals 10, you know. Now I can fill that one in, sort of like that. You click in, that game's not even in there. It's just a Sudoku game. That's so annoying. And I'm like... What is the point? They came up with such a good idea, and then they're just like, nah. Yeah, like make that a make that a, a feature, a separate game right. people pay for. Like I'm, yeah, exactly. Something. I mean, that's it's bad enough to have to pay for what was advertised. Like yeah. to not even offer it at all. It's like what what's going on? Yeah, it's like I mean, I could probably figure out how to get good at Sudoku, but I don't really want to. <laughs> I want to do this, this other version of this Sudoku math that crossword you puzzle. Yeah, this math <laughs> crossword puzzle game looked great. But I found yeah. like a browser version, but it was very simple. Mm-hmm. Like, this was, like, odd shapes like a crossword puzzle is. Yeah. And the one I found was just squares. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I know if I start here, it'll be easier to fill out the rest. Right. You know, it became a it became a, a, a thing. It, obviously, it looked like math for, like, kids, mm-hmm. the website I was on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was really mad at that. I found a couple mobile games I play, and it's only because I looked into them after falling not as deep as you do in terms of reviews. Um, but, you know, I make sure that, you know, the game, like I look at the photos and stuff and go, okay, that is what I'm looking for. Right. You know, it's like, it's like basically I had this one game where you shoot guys out of cannons and sort of like tower defense. Um, and there's little gates they go through that have multipliers on them Mm -hmm. and you multiply and if you line up the gates and it's pretty cool. Um, 
And then I have another one where you go through it, and this one was way too easy. I stopped playing it. You like go through gates, and you can make your improve your weaponry by whatever number of years is on the gate. Um, so you can go from like bow and arrow to laser guns if you do oh, it wow. right. Um, but it just got way too easy. I got like the level 150 immediately. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Because yeah, it was it was. I'm just going through like, oh, there's this no challenge at all. Yeah. To this, um, but yeah, yeah, those are the only really. Um, good uh, mobile games I've come up with, but yeah, they all all have ads. Um, yeah. I only purchased an ad for one of them because, or ad free. It was like two ninety nine to just buy the game ad free, and I was just like, yes. <laughs> it gets so it like it like wears you down. I know that's what they're trying to do, but it's just awful. Yeah, yeah the other game, it's like twenty bucks to go ad free. Oh yikes! That's so I was like, lot. nope. This one was that's like two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. two ninety nine. So I was like, sure, mm-hmm. go ahead and do it. Um, yeah, it's and, and it's the one I've been playing the most because you know it, it's actually there's a little um, you know time wasting stuff and you know it was it was what was advertised. So um, my next thing um, is something that I waited until gave you a couple of them to go through before I mentioned something that's very probably very popular amongst. Um, uh, gamers of at least our generation or play the type of games we play. I really hate fetch quests. Mm. And not in the sense that, like, okay, if I see it as so, hey, I go into a town, like, say, Fallout. Probably not a great example, but they're like, hey, we need you to go get this material so we can build this to build up your town. I'm like, okay, that sounds fine. Um, you know, it, we're going towards a goal. The fetch quest I hate are like you go into town and go, well, to advance the main quest, you have to go get these six onions and seven cloves of garlic for the witch in the tower. Yeah. Uh, and then the witch in the tower goes, well, now that I've made this, you got to take this soup over to the old guy by the shore. <laughs> and then he, you know, and it's just like, I just want to get on with the plot. Like, right. I don't want to do all this. I'm the hero. Do you know who I am? Why am I making you a soup? Yeah. Exactly. Like, do you know who I am? <laughs> Quoting one of our D and D characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it gets on my nerves. I know you've probably run into it too. Yes, um, but yeah, I, 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 I find like even in games like Cult of the Lamb, um, there's some quests that are starting to get fetchy, but not. They don't stop the advance of the story, so I'm okay with it. Right. It's like, hey, go in and get me ten flowers. Well, I already have that many flowers in my inventory. Why can't I just give you these flowers? Yeah, that's why a great do I ha- Why do I have to go fetch them? <laughs> Those flowers look a little wilted. Can you get me new ones? Yeah, yeah it's like, that's the one thing that's starting to annoy me with Cult of the Lamb. It's like, hey, I build up all these resources. Right, and you should be able to just tap into what you already have, too. And finish the mission, which yeah. is to give a little positive thing for Horizon if you do have a lot of materials and a quest asks you to go get materials and you already have it, it allows you to finish the quest without leaving the dialogue tree. Yeah, and so, that's how it should be, honestly. Yeah. Sometimes they do the smart thing where they want you to explore the area in Horizon. Mm-hmm. So they don't allow you, they don't, it seems like they don't make the thing available until you get right. the quest. Right. Um, so that you have to go explore. Totally um, fine. But yeah. But yeah, I just hate Things like that, where I can't use my inventory to um, to to complete fetch quests, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know 
we'll probably have a bunch come through on 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 Twitter and stuff like that after the podcast about agreeing with this. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, fetch quests uh, when they're not uh, for a specific like side purpose um, annoy me. Mm-hmm. Uh, never make a fetch quest part of your main quest. Yeah, it just feels like you're kind of feels like you're not appreciated as the hero yeah. of the game. <laughs> like, exactly. I feel like Breath of the Wild. As much as I love it, they have a lot of fetch type quests in it. Like it's just yeah. you know, I'm trying to save Hyrule. Okay, I'm not gonna go do the. I'm not gonna go take a picture of this fairy fountain for you. I have better things to do. But you have yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh. a matter of how annoyed you get by those because those right. don't really bother me because I can ignore them. Right. Like they're not. They don't stunt my progress. Yeah. Um, it's the ones that make you do it or you can't progress. Yeah. At all. Like I won't talk to you until you do these things. Right. Yeah. You know. Annoying. You got anything else? I do. I have a decent amount more. I don't know how many more you have. I um, have one I more. I just want to okay. make sure it's not going to be your next one. And then we can go. And then uh, you have a very uh, special social media thing that happened. This I very do. Topic. Yeah. So we'll so, just go one more time between us. Sure. And then we'll get the social media. Sure. I will pick. Um, so since this is my last one, I'm going to name my biggest one. And it actually branches off of the one that you just mentioned. And then I'll just quickly, yeah. like, honorable mention the other ones. I, if, if I know you, I have a feeling what's coming. And it might branch <laughs> off into mine as well. Okay, cool. So, um, apologies if it doesn't. But I'm going to try. So my biggest pet peeve, I've mentioned this a bunch of times, is an overabundance of side quests. Um I literally develop anxiety if I collect too many side quests and they're sitting there open waiting to be completed. And on top of that, they're all like spread across an entire open world map where it would take hours of my real life time to navigate between all the different locations to get them completed. It drives me absolutely insane. And this is like, this is a pet peeve on a game for you know like putting these side quests out there and some of them like you have to do them it's not even necessarily a side quest that's when it branches into the fetch quest type thing um but also i hate like when i accidentally open too many side quests and i don't mean to like i go to talk to someone and they're like oh while we're talking here's a side quest and i'm like no i didn't agree to this and it's too late because it's open or Like when I played Skyrim, Dan would jump on and like mess around in Skyrim and I'd go back on and there'd be like 78 side quests opened. And he'd be like, what? They were their side quests. You're supposed to do them. And I'm like, I can't continue the game now until I close all 78 side quests because it literally gives me anxiety. Um, And the most annoying thing is when I finally get a side quest finished, I go back to the person when I eventually find them and they say, okay, so now moving on for part two of the side quest, you have to do this now. And I just want to punch them in the face. Yes. And then I don't even, don't even get me started on the lame rewards that you get from completing just any quest, not even a side quest. It's like, oh, thank you so much for traveling to the Arctic Tundra to battle an ancient dragon. You saved the entire town. Here, have an apple. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why did I do this? What was this for? Are you serious? You like, saved just, the whole town. That's right. You, you saved the town, but you know, you look hungry. So I'm just going to give you this apple and you be on your way now. Bye. Just awful. So that yeah. the side quest I, things, the overabundance of side quests is my I, one of my biggest pet peeves. I will say, once you finally play Horizon, uh-huh. Forbidden West, ignore all green exclamation points. <laughs> okay. Because they give you, like, here, if you want to go do this, this is the person to talk to to start a side quest. Right. They at least give you the warning. 
which um, I appreciate. I hate I but, hate talking to someone and it just throws you into something and you're like, you're, I don't want to do this. But I don't know what your anxiety is about the Ubisoft Assassin's Creed vomiting things into a map. Um, because I think Horizon does that. Once you find a town, it'll pop up all the exclamation points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if that doesn't give you yeah. anxiety, you should be fine. I think that's okay. It's literally like just knowing that I have all of these things to do. Like it almost feels like a big to-do list. Like, like I only have so many hours in the day and I got to go do all these things for all these people and then figure out like almost strategize like, okay, which one should I do first? And, and for what reason? And I know there are plenty of people out there that live for that kind of stuff. And Dan, I think is one of those people who loves just grinding through side quests. I can't yeah. do it. It drives me insane. I, I don't want to rush through the main storyline, obviously, but I want to like, you know, ease myself through the side quests and pick and choose and not either be surprised by, you know, a plethora of things that I didn't realize I was starting or walk into my game and, you know, be surprised with all these open things that I have to now close or I feel like a failure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just me. Yeah. So it wasn't, there's probably one of your other things um, on there. Um, my final thing, and it's funny that I like Fallout for this, is I really hate games that make you over-encumbered. Mm, yeah, that's super because, annoying. Because um, it doesn't give you the opportunity to make it... This is where I thought I was going to mix in. They don't give you make it easy enough for you to unload things um, quickly, like easily. Like just go to a box and just hit this and everything unloads. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can unload everything you don't need or something like that. Tiny Tina has this a lot. Um, yes. That was one of the big things that probably slowly took me away from that game. And the fact yeah. that none of us could match up hours to be able to play right. together anymore. Um, but yeah, I really hate being over-encumbered. Um, I, I hate it so much that I don't know how much... I, don't, I didn't even introduce it to D&D. Because it can very easily be introduced in D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, where you need to keep track of your weight. Mm-hmm. Um, or you get disadvantage and things like that. Um, even the coins have weight in the yeah. Um which which is why, to be completely honest, for anybody that's listened to our D and D stuff before, which is why I always give you an early bag of holding. Yes. <laughs> to get so I don't. So, so somebody can go, hey, wait, they said they had five thousand gold pieces. That's like that's like a thousand pounds. Right. <laughs> How are they dragging this around? But God, they got a magical bag where it just goes away. Yep. And they can pull it out whenever. Exactly. Ah, because Fallout gets me the book. Yeah, that's I have why to agree. I, that's why I love for the base building more than most. Because mm-hmm. I could just dump things into the base building and do stupid shit like run lights and build things and just get rid of my inventory. Yeah. And, and make it productive. Uh, but yeah, over encumbrance. If I can turn it off in a game, I will. Um even to a lesser extent, um, I like to turn off the salary cap in sports video games. <laughs> it's I, maybe it's hitting the same part of my brain, right? That Probably. just hates the restrictiveness of that, even though that's how the game should be played. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just always feels like, especially with sliding in sports a little bit, um, all the convoluted rules with the caps in all in some of the sports. It's like I don't get it. Like, I don't understand all these percentages and things in the NBA. You know, like, oh, this guy's salary is going to definitely go up 10% every year. And it's like, why? I, I, can't, I can't budget for that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so anything that restricts me from being able to pick things up or or do what I want to do, um, I normally turn off. Um, yeah. Probably going to hear from Warren Hill on this. <laughs> or maybe I'm surprised that he hates it too. Um, but yeah, taking his Tiny Tina stuff, I should take that back. He might actually come first. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think Tiny Tina's really pushed it <laughs> a little <laughs> bit with the encumbrance. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I would like to be able to either have like, um, going back to Horizon, Horizon does this really well, where if when you pick up the limit that you can carry, it sends it back to your stash. Yeah, that's amazing. Immediately. Not realistic, uh, but amazing. I can, yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah, so, you know, then you start going, oh, wait. And then you start forgetting that you need <laughs> to pick things up yeah. um, to make arrows and stuff in that game. You're like, oh, I got to go get all that wood. Forgot that I picked up like 500 pieces of wood and just stopped doing it because I knew I had so much wood. Yep. Um, so it can be a detriment in that respect. Um, right. But that's a perfect example of, of the way to get around it and probably solve issues people have with inventory. Now, yep. on the reverse side, I, for some reason, actually like the Resident Evil attache case thing, where you need to rearrange it to fit in a, like a case. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. For some reason, that's oddly satisfying to go, yes, I did it! Right. I can Got see that. It's, it's a puzzle, you know? It, it's, yeah. <laughs> You're using brain power behind it, so it's validating. Yeah, and, and it's also, you know, it makes you think a little bit there. Right. Um, the thing in Fallout is, like, if I pick up too much Wonder Glue, I'm all of a sudden can't run. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. how is this encumbering? I can't me? even use the Wonder Glue. That's just, that's just the thing I sell. Like, um, yeah, I think, I think that's the one thing why I like the Resident Evil thing. Things you can sell tend to be a separate thing from the things you use in the game. Mm-hmm. I think that might be why I feel that way. Right. But Jen, you reached yeah. out to our community on social media and... Uh, they gave us some examples of things that they did love. Yes, they did. We have some really good things that I did not think of that um, the community shared with us. So I'm going to quickly go through. Um, and if anyone thinks of anything additional after the podcast yeah, that you listen to it, please let us know on Twitter. We can keep the conversation going. Um, so our very own Tom suggested uh, games without fast travel. Which is, oh, yeah. is a very good point. <laughs> Especially the bigger the open world is, I need fast travel and I need it now. Yeah. So yeah. totally agree. Um, yeah, some, I, okay. Horizon, Horizon fixed this problem from the first game mm-hmm. where you needed to buy fast travel packs to do it. Now you can fast travel at every bonfire to other That's bonfires. Good. But it has to be from a bonfire. So if you're like in the middle of a cave and want to get out, you have to get out of the cave and find the bonfire. Um, fast travel, but they still have the fast travel packs if you get stuck somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, I think um, I think where it's done the best is where um, when they have to do a loading screen for the fast travel, they make it interesting. Yes. Uh, Spider Man uh, 2018 does that um, really well, where it shows him riding in a Spider Man outfit on the subway, <laughs> um, which leads to some really good scenes. Um, and uh, Deus Ex. Um, I think it's uh, Mankind Divided, the second one um, Mm -hmm. of the newer Deus Ex. When you fast travel on the subway there, um, if you, they, spoilers for a little bit of this game, they split the um, 
the subways up between people that don't have augments and people that have augments um, because it's becoming like an X-Men thing mm-hmm. um, in the game. So if, but since you're like some kind of cop thing, I don't know how to describe it. You can go on either train. Uh, you just get yelled at <laughs> by the cops when you get off at the next stop. Uh, but if you get on um, like the normal person train, like they'll have different cutscenes of like people, like there's a mom like moves their kid away from you or, or there's like a guy staring at you. And it's like, <laughs> that's a way to use a loading screen to like storytell. Yeah. There. Um, yeah. It's very, it, it's when fast travel, like sometimes you just get the quick fast travel where you just hit a button and it pops up the normal loading screen and goes, but I appreciate games that go the extra mile. Yeah. Someone also mentioned Red Dead Redemption did traveling in general really well, where you didn't necessarily want to fast travel because it was just a nice experience to, you know, ride your horse across the landscape. Or you could fast travel if you wanted to, where it didn't, you know, take you forever to get somewhere. So I can appreciate that. Like a game that does both well. Yeah. And I think the thing where I don't know if they thought about this when I mentioned Red Dead Redemption is that it had the button where you could just set a button and it would just follow the trail. Right. Like, you didn't have to... You could just sit back and look around. Yeah. And the yeah, horse just was... went. You set a waypoint, you hit a button, and it would just take you to the to the best route there. Right. There now, are several options. Yeah, sometimes they would take you through, you know, areas where you start getting shot at um, because it didn't know when the procedural generation was going to happen. Yep. Um, but yeah. I think if you're going to not have fast travel or um, or if you want people not to use it, you need to set a way for them to not, you know, need to hold on to the button to make the animal move. Right. Cars the same way. Uh, I think Cyberpunk had an auto drive feature as well. But then again, I never drove in that game. <laughs> I very rarely did as well. All right. So we have other suggestions um, from some patches required. They suggested uh, a big pet peeve is when people feed in MOBAs, which um, basically means that uh, someone is rushing into battle and they're dying and then they're rushing back in and dying and they're rushing back in and dying and they're constantly just feeding the enemy in the in the battle. And they're making them stronger. They're they're basically profiting off this person just rushing in and doing something dumb instead of hanging back and maybe learning from their mistakes. So I can totally see that being extremely frustrating yeah. when you're going through a game. Um, opinionated Lushes suggested stealth levels are a pet peeve for them. Um, they said it's just an annoying detour in otherwise great games. If they could beat the level blasting through it, that's usually what they prefer to do, which I could totally get that stealth is definitely not every for everyone, and I think Dan is is a gamer that definitely does not like having to do stealth missions. Um, not because he's not good at them necessarily, but because I think it, it, he maybe just gets bored with it, and he just wants to go. Um, yeah, so I can I, definitely understand that. Yeah, I enjoy stealth. Um, yeah, I played Metal Gear Solid, you know, where I would use the trank darts and hide the bodies, and, <laughs> you know, do all that. Um, I beat Deus Ex, um, Mankind Divided, and got the trophy for pacifism, where nice. you never killed anyone. You took everyone out with trank darts. Wow. Including the bosses. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. And the final boss is kind of tough, because you have to make sure you've upgraded to the um, sniper rifle darts, like because he only can be hurt in his head. So, you know, and if you get too close to him, he's 
he hits you pretty easily. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's one of my prouder gaming moments. And I'm glad that there was a trophy that popped to show it. That is nice. That, that I went through that whole game and did not kill a soul, even accidentally. Yeah, um, that's funny. But yeah, I, I think that the two games I can think of where uh, they are right about the um, self is uh, the Mary Jane sequences in Spider-Man are kind of useless. Despite the fact that I love hearing Laura Bailey talk, that just give me a cutscene where Laura Bailey talks, and I will be fine. Um, but sneaking around as Mary Jane with no powers outside of your camera, um, you know, it's real dumb. And all the um, uh, eavesdropping things in Assassin's Creed. Mm. Because you had to stay within a ring, but you couldn't, you know, you were doing everything. Like, normally you would stalk from the roof, you know, people. But this time you had to, like, stay within walking distance and walk real slow. And then oh, blend okay. in with the crowd. And then it would be like this, this circle that looked like a, uh, like a, a track on, on Audacity for mm-hmm. voices. And it would circle them. And you need to stay within that to hear what they were saying. But they would stop abruptly or one would turn around and you needed to be ready to, like, go hide. Right. You know, and or back off or whatever. Um, and those are the two ones that, that have annoyed me the most recently. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the Nerd Alternative suggested escort quests. They said, the bane of my existence, if you ask me to walk an NPC through danger, my blood pressure spikes. <laughs> Which I... I feel like that is m- mildly a uh, a pet peeve of mine as well. I don't usually play too many games that have escort quests quests in them, or at least I haven't recently. But there's just this unnecessary pressure that I feel when I have to escort an NPC, especially knowing that they can die, you can fail, kind of thing. Like it just, yeah, having to keep up with them or having them keep up with you is probably the most annoying aspect to me. Like, yeah. I run everywhere when I can or ride a horse as fast as I can or whatever it is. And they're going super slowly where I have to, like, speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. That's very annoying. So yeah. I, I can see that being annoying from many different aspects. Yeah, the only time it's not for me um, is when the NPC can't be killed. Yeah. You know, then I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry about them. Then okay. it's still mildly annoying if they can't keep up with me. But yes, it's less pressure if they can't be yeah, killed. I think, I think it relieves that stress and blood pressure <laughs> yes. that they were talking about. It's like, all right, yeah. they can't die. Right, um, at the very least. It's why Last of Us Part 1 was a little, as much as that game raised blood pressure, the fact that Ellie couldn't alert, you know, right. the, the zombies um, or whatever they're called in that game. Um, yep. You know, was made me feel better. Meant that I could go do stupid shit, and she wouldn't run, accidentally pop out of cover and alert everyone. Yes, yes, definitely. Because uh, most of that game is just one giant escort quest. Yep. Uh, super okay. Bree said uh, this was a tough one for them to choose just one, but they said that the lack of any kind of auto sort- sorting feature for inventory or storage drives them up the wall. And we kind of got into a side conversation about Minecraft specifically being just super frustrating because you collect so much inventory and then you just feel the need to organize it because you need to find things when you want to or need to. And if it's mixed up everywhere, it just gets very chaotic, especially if you need, you know, you're the kind of person that needs organization (laughs) to get through any any part of life. It just it's very stressful. So I 100% agree with that. 
Um, yeah, the, uh, I know exactly what they mean with that. Um, slightly different than than the over encumbered stuff we were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of the reasons why I'm not really into Minecraft. Um, but to expand on that, I don't like games that don't give me the option to just hit auto utilize. Put the best equipment on my people. Yeah, that's always a nice feature to have for sure. You know, because um, there's certain games where I do want to go and micromanage all that. And then there's some games, uh, mostly live alive, because I'm doing very short RPGs. You know, just give me what's the best. I don't, <laughs> you know, I'm only going to be doing this thing for like two and a half to three hours. So just, just, just give me the best. Yep. All right. The judge said they don't like fetch quests also. So they said fetch quests are the worst option and are the worst in open world games. Massive open world. Where a stranger needs three specific herbs yeah. in order to exist. <laughs> We've all played the same games. Yep. Um, they also yeah. said the final ultimate weapons where you have to grind your ass off for them. And then by the time you have them, there's no real use for them. <laughs> exactly. We're yep. getting the uh, um, ultimate weapon or final weapon and realizing that, um, you know, it's not as powerful as the thing you got because you've been leveling up the thing you right. got the entire game. Honestly, yeah. I felt like that in Breath of the Wild a little bit when I got the, um, like, you know, his sword. And I was all excited. And I'm like, wait, I have this random thing that I picked up from a couple battles ago that's a lot more powerful. Yeah. And I know that the sword doesn't break. It just loses that's, its charge. That's, that's the main thing. with. That's like, yeah, that's sword. the only thing it has going for it, in my opinion. No offense to anyone that might take offense to that. But that's no, no, no. That's what that. Breath of the Wild does. It's, it's yeah. a risk reward. Right. Thing. And the Master Sword's the the low risk, low reward. It's right. I believe twenty damage um, on it, but it doesn't break. Right. And it has a charge. Yep. Um, exactly. So it's like, all right, I can play through the game with this, where I know I can not have to worry about you know it breaking, and you know, um, or I can use this fifty damage sword that is going to eventually break. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it's just. The ultimate weapon thing is just a, it, you go through all that, and I just think of Final Fantasies specifically, um, and then you, in some cases you still, you have to level them up to be better than your regular equipment. For some, in some of those games, the equipment levels mm -hmm. as you use it. So now you're like, now I gotta go grind for two hours <laughs> to get this up to snuff. Yeah. Um, and to expand on his thing with ultimate weapons, when there's a side fetch quest attached to get it. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm thinking of dodging 2,000, uh, dodging 200 bolts of lightning in Final Fantasy X to uh, get Riku's ultimate weapon. And you might be thinking, oh, you only have to dodge it 200 times. That doesn't seem like it'll take too long. It's 200 times in a row. <sighs> yeah, insane. And that is for crazy people because, sickos. yeah, sickos because... Who I, I know there's a speed running reason to use Riku, but in a casual play of that game, there is absolutely no reason to have her in your party near the end of the game. So that fetch that quest to get that ultimate weapon is useless unless if I never looked into that ultimate weapon might be the greatest weapon in the game. Right. Good point. We don't know. Maybe yeah. it is. Uh Emhoffen fifty two said they don't like how most games that seem to be coming out right now are multiplayer only. They really enjoy single players with good storylines. 
And I, I see that point absolutely valid. Multiplayer games are definitely not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. So when you see a game that looks really cool and then you find out you can only play multiplayer and that's not your thing, I that's extremely disappointing and frustrating. Yeah. Our, our friend Chase used the literally after I read this. Yes, I saw it. And Chase did use the gif with the, oh, this game looks really cool. And it's like a guy happy. And it's like, but it says multiplayer and co-op only. And then the guy is sad. Yeah, and he like reverses the car and backs out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually uh, responded to that in the the Twitter thread as well with the the picture. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it was it's like everything lined up with that. We've all of our friends and stuff. We've all played the same games and yeah, it was you perfect know, had timing. the same had the same mainly pet peeves. Yep. Uh, nearing the end of our list, two idiots and a dog said. Their pet peeves are unmovable cameras in third-person chase games, trying to reinvent the wheel with control schemes for popular styles of games, predatory microtransactions, and just in general microtransactions on a $60 title from a big publisher. Yeah. So all very valid points. So basically Ubisoft. (laughs) Got it. Right. Right. I guess like, so one of my honorable mentions was battle passes. And that kind of edges into the microtransactions on a big title, a $60 title from a big publisher. It, it depends on the game. It depends on the game. It depends on what you're getting. And it depends on how much it costs and how much time you have to complete the battle pass. There's a yes. lot of variables in there from it being a total scam to being really fun. As a person that uh, may or may not have purchased Call of Duty battle passes <laughs> in the past, uh-huh. um, they're mostly cosmetic. Um, which is and, fine and they give you like as long as it's not play to win right um, exactly and it gives you stuff to you know try and do you know you're like, oh i need to get to uh level whatever i think the one thing that makes them slightly predatory is they're like hey you can play through the game with this battle pass you just bought and get up to the levels or you can give us seven dollars to get 10 levels yeah that's in it that's where the predatory stuff comes in Right. And you right. get guys like in the Diablo Immortal that spent $100,000 mm-hmm. and then can't play the game. Right. You know, it's just some people just can't control themselves. And that's when it gets icky for me. If you want to sell yeah. a battle pass where people have to, you know, play the game a lot to get the stuff they just, then sure, have at it. Right. But, um, yeah. Totally. Uh, Footed Ranger said games that have an unnecessary survival aspect like required eating or drinking when it adds nothing to the game besides maintenance. And I, I totally agree with that one as well. It, it, it almost like edges into that time wasting, like real life time wasting aspect where you're like, why do I have to do this if it's not really, you know, it's not really contributing too much to my overall experience here. And it's almost like a, a, an annoyance, a burden. Like, oh, I got to yeah. stop and eat something now because, you know, they're just trying to be too realistic in this sense. And I just want to continue on with the game. Yeah. Fallout has the mode allows you to turn on that mode. Right. Which is always nice. It, you know, there's different kinds of gamers. Some people want as realistic as possible where maybe they would love that. And some people just, you know, like it's it's I just want to turn that off and just play the game. So totally yeah. valid. Yeah. And- um. And the one, the one thing I want to go back real fast to the microtransaction things in a, in a slightly positive sense, um, the Dota battle passes, the Dota 2 ones, um, 
I believe that if you purchase them and all that, it all goes towards the prize money for the esports tournament. Like, so the more people that buy the battle passes and stuff, the more money, you know, those games are played for. And I think that's a good, unique way that's to get your players yeah. to buy the battle pass. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help them. Like, yeah. I doubt there's a lot of pro players um, out there. But, you know, it's a cool way to, you know, have that prize pool money and not have it be dependent on sponsors mm-hmm. or nowadays, like some crypto or NFT company. Yeah, you know, putting up the money for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, jumping back to that, I just thought of it. I had to yeah. deal with Game Ball Cat a little bit. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our last one, uh, M Hoffman fifty two had one more. They said, when game developers release a game that isn't finished, then you have to pay for the DLC, which was a much needed part of the game. And they specifically said Mass Effect 3 is an example of that happening. So, yeah, I yeah mean, that's annoying. I mean, we can have slight arguments over that. Um, the, I, I don't know what exactly he's pointing at there in Mass Effect 3. Um, the whole ending controversy, um, I'm probably on maybe the minority side of it, where I'm like... The ending was terrible, but it was fine. They didn't need to put out a DLC to fix it. Um, you know, it's sometimes games suck. Like, I know, you know, uh, but but if he means like um, like two specifically, um, which I'm hoping is what he meant, had a couple DLCs which were story relevant to three. Mm. Like, you needed to play the Shadow Broker and I forget the other one. Um, to get story for three. Gotcha. Um, you know, you have this whole storyline with uh, Liara um, that they have conversations about in three that you wouldn't even know about if you didn't play. Like, it'd make no sense to you if you didn't play Shadow Broker. Yeah, that's annoying. That, that also yeah. kind of branches into uh, Kingdom Hearts, where technically, if you want to get all of the story that's available, every single game... Is, yes. you know, I mean, it's not DLC, obviously, but you need to play, get your hands on every single game, technically, if you want to experience it all for yourself, because every yeah. single game extends the story or has a piece of the puzzle hidden now, in there. Now, the Kingdom Heart perverts out there might um, be able to explain this better. And, and I say perverts in a loving way. Um, <laughs> respectfully. Res- respectfully. <laughs> I, I, am, I am a pervert for other games. Um, well, let me know, like... Can you get a cohesive understanding? Not a full understanding, because God, I don't know if you can, even they would have a full understanding um, of it. Like, if you just played three games, like, does it tell a story? Like, or are the games, other games so required that you don't even get a story just playing the three main games? Let us know, let us know on Twitter, unless if you know. Yeah, I mean, I can say pretty confidently that you can get most of the the important story points from the main games for sure. Yeah, um, because now because it's down to the nitty gritty of like you know people saying no, you have to, you have to experience all of them, or if it's you know like I said, you, no, technically you can just play the main games. So I'm interested to hear from other people on that too. Yeah, because if the the only way it makes it bad in that sense, at least in my opinion, is if those those games are required to give you a satisfactory story mm-hmm. for people that only play the base games. Like if you're having base games, they should, you know, feed into each other and, and tell a story from beginning to end. Um, Metal Gear Solid has a bunch of offshoots that they reference in games, but has like, if you just play, you know, 
one through five in Peace Walker, you get most of the story. Right. You know, like there might be little side things where you get to know a character better by playing like Acid or, you know, any of those other games or even the MSX games, um, you know, Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2. Um, but yeah, if, if I would be more upset with Kingdom Hearts if the games were required. But then again, neither of us have played through all the games to know. Right. Yeah, I definitely yeah. not. So yeah, that was that was our um our Twitter compilation. Thank you to everyone that submitted suggestions. They were all great, great points, all of them. And again, if anyone listening has not had a chance to chime in with, you know, your own opinions, or if you think of another one and you already did, please feel free to to reach out to us on Twitter and we can keep the conversation going. I think this was a really fun topic. Yeah. Um, everyone has pet peeves when it comes to gaming. So it's fun to see who you agree with, who you don't maybe have the same views as. Um, but I think I think it all made a lot of sense what we talked yeah. about. All right. Moving on to our retro roulette. Um, speaking of um, <laughs> pet peeves that I didn't know existed mm. prior to playing a game, um, I did not know that my brain cannot function if left stick is not move and right stick is not look. Yeah. You move those to anything. Like, I, I can deal with the Spyro, like, L1, L, you know, L1R1 to move the camera. Yep. You know, I can deal with that. But when you're telling me my whole life in the dozens and dozens of games that I've played through where the left stick is your legs and the right stick is your head... You flip those, and then I can't play video games anymore, which was the beginning of that Turok stream because we played Turok colon Dinosaur Hunter. Um, for years, I thought it was just Turok the Dinosaur Hunter, but uh, actually, it, you know, it's just colon. It's a little more dramatic that way, I think. Yep, yep, and it being a colon there um, is very apropos for how this game is. Um yeah, this game sucks. <laughs> like, um, it has a lot of good ideas, and I realized from during the stream with I for, for, I forget his name. Forgive me if he listens to the podcast. Um, that popped in and made me realize that I played more of Turok Two than Turok One uh, because I'm like I don't remember being this bad. And me and my friends used to play the multiplayer, and the guy in the stream um, was like, "Oh no, the multiplayer came in Turok Two. I'm like. Oh, okay. That, that's why I remember this being a better game. Um, but yeah, the, the controls are not great. I also didn't map them well, so my camera would like snap like mm -hmm. my head because of the way the mapping worked, me trying to work around it so that I could just play the game. Um, so the I could not parse what to do in the level. Um, there's no map as far as I can tell. Um, I don't know what I missed because I was missing one thing, I think, to progress to the next level. And I had no idea where that thing was. So I actually accidentally discovered the map. Okay. And it's a very crudely drawn, like a fourth, a four-year-old scribbled with crayons to okay. do a very crude outline of where you're supposed to go. Or like okay. it shows you all the different turns you could take and like where dead ends are and stuff. Is it, do you have to discover it or is it a button I was not pressing? It's a button. Um, oh, I can't remember. I play with the original controls. I, I don't remember if it was one of the bumpers. Oh, all I changed was the sticks. So the rest okay. of the buttons were. 
It could have been one of the bumpers that did it. Okay. Um, I honestly don't remember, but I, I was just pressing things. <laughs> I was, I was really flailing was what I was doing. And I, I opened it and it, it was definitely helpful to have a map so I could see where well, it gets. I, I take that back <laughs> that there is a map. Um, yes. but, and this goes back to my, this is the extreme of not handholding where I would, right. I would like a little bit of a tutorial to let me know the buttons. But then again, you used to have a book that came with all these games. Right, right, right. That would explain the buttons. Yeah. Um, maybe I've gotten soft by all those tutorials at the beginning. Horizon Horizon did it to you? No, not even that. It's just <laughs> like the, hey, LB is your map. Right. Wing with X. You know, um, that stuff that I was making fun of as a pet peeve may, mm -hmm. you know, I may, I may be, is my crutch now. Right. Um, but yeah, the shooting was not great. Um, it was the old style, you shoot to an area and then they fall. Um, and I couldn't figure out why I was shooting people in the head sometimes and not in the head other times. Um, there was probably a look down sights button, but I couldn't figure it out. Um, I couldn't figure out how to kill the bugs. They were annoying. Um, and I think the most egregious thing in this game, and it's, it's just the time period, so maybe I shouldn't be too harsh on it, but the, um, the, the fog that blocked the loading and popping was really egregious because it added nothing to the atmosphere, unlike Silent Hill, where the fog was there for the same reason, but it was part of the ambiance of, of the town. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I had no fun playing it on stream. Um, it, it's probably the closest game to getting me frustrated on stream that we've had. <laughs> um, I didn't get to son of a bitch territory. Right. Um, but I was getting pretty close. I got to give you a lot of credit for playing that on stream because I have thoughts yeah. as well. It yeah. Was... So, yeah, I, I did not have any fun with it. No. And, you know, um, I'll let you uh, give your Shit thoughts. Sure. Right, Ed. So for me, this game is unplayable. <laughs> Sim simply put, it's unplayable. Um, I can't figure out if Dan means this when he says this, but he told me that Turok is an amazing game. And I I can't tell if he's lying he, to me. He may be thinking of Turok actually, 2 as well. I don't know. Yeah, I have to follow up now and ask him. But yeah, it, it was... I watched your stream. I had fun watching you not have fun because, you know, it was funny. But I, I give you, again, a lot of credit for doing that because the fact that the controls are swapped, like you were saying, it broke my brain as well. <laughs> and it was... It was so sad and frustrating because there was a ramp and all I had to do was run up the ramp, collect the little whatever's charms, triangles, whatever, get to the end, jump across the gap and keep going. That's all I had to do. And for the life of me, I could not aim in the direction I needed to go and walk forward. I just kept hitting the wrong stick and I would just be staring at the ground and snap back up and it literally I'm not even joking took me so long to just get over the fact that the that the controls were swapped it gave me a headache and it gave me motion sickness yeah. <laughs> like mild motion sickness I was doing this on my my lunch break and when I went back to lunch when I went back to work after lunch I actually had to really make a conscious effort to focus on what I was doing because my brain was still like being tortured somehow by the inverted controls of Turok. 
that I was like taking extra time to think about the most simple things that I do every day that I've been doing for the past seven years at my job. And I'm like, wait, I have to, I, I'm back at work. I don't have to think about this anymore. This is, I'm not being tortured anymore. Calm down. It just, it actually broke my brain. I don't think I've ever played a game like that before where I just like can't function. Even when I stop playing, I'm still affected by this. Um, and that's really dramatic, but it really happened to me. And I don't know, like, I, I agree with you. I think it has good bones. Like there are definitely aspects of it that were seemed like they could have been fun if the controls were normal. Um, yeah. I did notice the thing that you mentioned about shooting. There's just, you know, it, it just seemed at some points it was way too nice and way too generous. And then at other points you're like, um, I'm pretty sure I just hit you seven times. Um, I did not experience bugs, but I did experience um, a Velociraptor, I think it was, that I killed way too easily with a gun. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it should have been as easy as it was. Right. Um, I eventually got slightly better with the controls. Uh, and then I got to a part by navigating that little map thing. I got to a part where you had to jump on several pillars, each of yep. which got increasingly higher. And I just, that's where I stopped. Because I couldn't, I think that's where I started getting the real like motion issues because you had to like, what I was doing, I was jump on the pillar. Then I would consciously make the effort to use the correct stick to turn my head. Then I would jump to the next one, turn my head. And it was just, it was making me so dizzy. And then when I would mess up again and like snap the camera down at the floor, it was just, it was too much. And then I had to stop. But I'm, I'm interested in Turok 2 to see how much better like the quality of life is because obviously you were saying you liked it maybe that's what dan's thinking of every time i've heard of turok from other people i've heard good things obviously i wasn't like hey which version are you talking about but i remember in college i played on i don't know if it was if it was on xbox and ps3 or if it was just on one or the other but one of Dan's roommates had the newer at the time the newest version of turok and i played that and i loved it which is i know very different but yeah. I just, I never, I didn't expect this going into this game. I didn't expect it. It was just, it was horrible. It was to like, I never want to touch it again, ever. I would, I, I just can't, can't do it. Yeah, Traumatized. It's, like, it's, it's really sad. Um, you know, <laughs> it's really it, sad. I just, it, it took me, <laughs> oh God, I, I never played a game where I felt like I was playing video games for the first time. Um, <laughs> right. When yeah, those controls were wrong. Seriously, that's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, so horrible. I guess I guess we'll uh, have to give it a score. I guess if we must. Um, uh, I'll let you go ahead first. Oh boy. Okay. Um, I don't know that I'd ever rate a game a zero, so I'm gonna give it a point five <laughs> because it's a game and it has a map and it has dinosaurs and the end. That's it. Yeah. That it gets a 0. 0.5 for existing and having dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a one because okay. it does it does function. It's like one of those jokes where I'll give it a score because it was in focus. <laughs> right. Um, it did its very most basic job of being a video game. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. I. I. I it had to be Turok too that that we were thinking of um, for it. But uh, yeah. Um, Hopefully, we draw a better game um, next time. Uh, so let's uh, let's spin the wheel.
right, so first time in a while, um, a game popped up on here that I don't know much about, but it seems like you have some experience with. Um, it looks like it's called Toki Tori for the Game Boy Color. Jen, yeah. what are we getting into? <laughs> so this is a game that I received as a gift because a relative knew that I liked video games and had a Game Boy. And that's all they that's all they went off of. And they gave me this. And I was like, what is this thing? And I wound up becoming obsessed with it. It's like a platformer game. Um, but you play as a chick that you hatched. And then you have to go through all these different levels and save your unhatched brothers and sisters uh, from, you know, just an evil. I don't know. I don't remember if there's like a big, big bad in the game or if there's just enemies in general. Um, but it's, it's very simple. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, it's, it's something that I started playing just because I was like, okay, I guess I'll try this. And then I just became obsessed with it. I think, I think you guys will like it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I remember putting this on the list, like suggesting this to be in, in the wheel, um, back, you know, before Tom left and I was hoping, I've, I've been hoping that this would pop up. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So I am excited to play it. This will be the uh, first Game Boy game since Pokemon, I believe. Yeah, it's been a while, I think, for Game Boy. Yeah, so join us tonight um, or watch the archive if you're listening to this not on Monday um, as I uh, play through Tokutori, unless you're Jen one that takes the wheel um, of it. But either way, somebody will stream on Monday um, playing through this game. Um, it will be probably uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so be sure to watch that. Um, yeah, so that is the podcast for tonight. Thank you, Jen. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get some house cleaning out of the way. Um, you can uh, find us on Twitch at uh, Game Ball Pod. As I mentioned, we do our retro roulettes on Monday, um, and then I stream um, other games in between that every other Monday. Um, and on Thursday, I do my grab bag stream where it's usually probably a newer game or a game that I want to show off or um, in the case of, uh, you know, something like Neon White, um, where we have a nice, fun competition with the community Mm -hmm. um, with times there. Um, That might pop up periodically because I'm not as into it, not as liking it. It's that Cold of the Lamb is taking over my life. Um, So um, I have not gotten any further storyline-wise than I am. So... Um, but that's what my Thursday usually is. Um, and then Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., I started a new show where I'm playing through games where you make choices. And I want to make the worst decisions you can in those games and just see how they play out. Um, <laughs> I'm calling it Bad Decision Sundays. Um, uh, we'll, we've just finished up. Or if there's more than six chapters, which just looking forward, I think there is only six. So we probably finished As Death Falls how many people are still alive by the end i'll report on that um next on sunday um when you're this um and yeah so if we pop up any other days of the week just keep an eye on the discord i'm either mine or roxy foxy um and uh on our twitter as well at gameball pod if you have any suggestions for topics or you want to answer any of the pet peeve stuff that we put out tonight or any of the other questions thrown out send us a tweet at gameball pod and um, you can always uh, visit uh, Stone Age Gamer. Um, we are an affiliate, so if you use the link um, in the description, um, you can help us get a, get a little kickback for the reference. Um, 
They have a lot of retro stuff that you would need. I saw a game journal site follow bought the Spice Orange GameCube, which uh, never came out in the U.S. Um, they had the, one of those in stock um, at their store. I don't know if you could have bought that online, um, but they modded it to be able to play U.S. games. So they have stuff like that if you're looking to get that much into a collection. Um, so, yeah, just go follow the link, Stone Age Gamer. They even have some modern stuff. I believe they sell, like, newer controllers. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, make sure you do that. And uh, we will be back in two weeks. Um, at that point, um, we will probably be fully into uh, talking about releases and, and things coming out or um, because... Uh, Today, as we record this podcast, John Madden came down from the mountain <laughs> and um, released his video game, which now allows all other video games. To so, welcome to video game season, folks. <laughs> we are here through the end of the year, and we will be here to cover it for you. So, for Jen and number one gaming dad, Tom, I am Mark, and we'll see you next time. Bye!